Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. At Ice Lake in the Wallawa Mountains, it was, I think, the third time that I'd gone backpacking up there. A really cool spot to be. I, I love all the different locations you can go, and each, each different trail ends up at a different mountain lake, this glacial lake that's kind of hidden away up in the Alpine. A really beautiful spot, and I love going up there. I'm hoping to make it back at least a couple times this year. This photograph was uh, taken just after sunset. I love the the purple tones that were kind of in the air at the time. Or it just seemed like um, it was after sunset. It was getting a little bit more blue in tone. And that's when I, I tried to work and take this photograph. But I was using a tripod at the time, which really helped out a lot. And I liked working on those landscapes with the water uh, or, you know, just with some kind of water feature, especially a lake and getting that still look to it with a long exposure, which I think I tried to implement here. And this photograph is really an improvement on an image that I took a few years earlier. In 2011, when I was going out, I was first trying to put together those ideas I had about landscape photography. And I learned so much over 24 months of building different skills of how to kind of put tones together and how to work with my visual style that when we went back, it was really like taking a new photograph where I see how much difference, how much growth I made in my art or, you know, and what I was trying to create. It was really interesting to see that, but this is almost a new photograph made on film, old camera, FG20. You can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. But, uh, but this week I wanted to talk about some of the, the past truck travel stuff that we've done. And, uh, and I think you're, you're the guy who's inspired me to get a truck at first, man. Like for the long Gotta time, have a truck. Gotta have a truck. Uh, strangely though, most, most of my road trip travel has been in a sedan. <laughs> even, even still in though, the Camry. In the old Camry, man. Uh, but, yeah, but that Camry was legendary. It was legend. It was absolutely legendary. But for today's episode, what I was thinking about doing was kind of breaking down a couple of the, the stories in the past that we had about doing some overland stuff, some overland like travel. If mm-hmm. you can call it overland, I don't know. That's like a heavy word. I think that's a modern word, right? Like this term. Have yeah. you seen that around like overland? What people yeah, talk I've about seen that? a lot of that. Yeah, it seems to be kind of the trendy sort of rich guy word to say four wheeling. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going mudding. You know, you don't take a Land Rover mudding. Or four mm. four wheeling or something. You take that overlanding, overland excursioning. Oh yeah, it's always that. But uh, but I think that's kind of a funny part of it. But I see like a ton of that stuff. I got into that like, I got into that stuff back in 2011. Like the overland travel. Have you ever seen like the magazine yeah. Overland Journal? Is that an active uh, magazine? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's like okay. sort of a niche. It's a niche category, like this whole thing. Okay. So it's where it's like that thing you'd never find it unless you looked for it. But it's kind of, it's interesting. There's tons of stuff out there like that. But that's one of the first ones that I ran into. Uh, and that's okay. like, that's when I had like the Camry and I was back in college and stuff. And it, you know, it, it, that's when I first really wanted to get, <laughs> because I couldn't get a Land Rover from the seventies. I really wanted to get like a roof rack and a top box. I was, I was like set on that because if I could get that, that was like, that was like my, that was my version of making like a Camry into an overland vehicle, you know? Cause I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get into this, but I'm 20 and I've got 138 bucks. So what kind of, what can I work out with that? Yeah. <laughs> but that was a part of it. So yeah, I remember setting up like, um, 
like setting up the the or the 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 roof the rooftop or the top box you know man yeah. those are those were like super handy like and that was great on the on the camry when i had it but that was all was, kind of from what was yours you had like that that tool top box yeah it was a yeah. uh, uh i forget what it is now i think there was like the excursion that i had at a time and then there was like the summit model that i had another uh, you, did, time. you didn't have the overland model didn't i missed out on the overland model <laughs> both of these were like old man they were like you know i don't know the early 90s maybe late yeah, maybe yeah. early mid 90s or something that's like when the, the plastic was produced that's when that thing was called new and now you know it was just sitting on my on my equally old aged car <laughs> going, <laughs> going around and driving those things hold their value like crazy i picked mine up both of mine i think now three of them in total i picked three of those top boxes up Oh, wow. on craigslist it was for different cars and stuff i got a little fat one for the for the camry i had a i had one for the truck and then and we got one for marina crv or when yeah, i say the yeah. truck i mean the, the old forerunner which we'll get into that later too but uh that long one on the old forerunner so i bought like a, a few of them and i'd always bought them on used like on craigslist or something right like uh, yeah yeah uh and because like new they're like five or six hundred bucks to get into those yeah, accessories they're, uh, for your cars. they're not cheap man yeah, it's yeah, it's super frustrating. And so even when they're used, they're they're still floating in like for good ones or for like stuff from the two thousands. That's sort of the more modern clamping systems, mm -hmm. uh, or you know when they actually made it, they made it better. You know where you could you could put it on, take it on and off your car without putting together like a bunch of plates and little wing nut <laughs> yeah, brackets yeah. made out of Something plastic. Something you don't have to spend the whole afternoon doing. Yeah, it's great because it, it would always like you know it mess up. You'd you'd get stuck in some situation like that when, you, like I think one time we had to move with like it was you and i robert and scott and we had to like move that 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 top box we're talking about to the oh yeah to the rav right and we were going on yeah, that snowboard did. trip so we had to like pack we had to put it on and like put like a bunch of snowboards on or something and it was just mm -hmm. like it was just like snow and slush and it's kind of raining you got like a, a, a you don't even have a headlamp you just got like a light kind of crimped under your shoulder and neck as you're kind of trying to twist this wing nut back and forth to make sure that this thing's tight and in the right spot it was such a pain man it was so awful so after that they made like more simple clamp systems that work better but man those are like still like 300 250 like the the low end range like the Pick stuff that's like used yeah the, the stuff broken i just sold one for like 85 that was that had like a big chunk missing out of it oh geez yeah it's nuts yeah it's like it's a like gold man yeah. <laughs> at least out here i don't know it, it seems like in eugene in southern oregon it was a lot harder i think i had one and never sold but uh it seemed like in eugene and in corvallis and portland or like you know where that 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 string of that subarus and top stocks culture. yeah right <laughs> all, it exists. all those all those overlanders out there mm-hmm but that was my foray into, into understanding what overlanding was because I was interested in like that overland journal. And so I'd like watch, I'd watch some of the stuff that was coming out in that. And it was just really all stuff, all equipment that was unattainable. Like you look at like the sweet trucks. Oh my gosh, uh -huh. man. There's so many cool like land or um, the land, like the Toyota Land Cruisers. But they, yeah. the set that they never built in America. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, they're awesome. They're so cool. Yeah, like all the all the ones that Australia got and like South Africa got. Those are like the mm -hmm. coolest cars ever. Like <laughs> you see them no, all over out there. Yeah, they're so great. I would love to have. Yeah, them. just this sweet diesel left-hand drive <laughs> or right-hand drive like yeah, Land Cruiser truck. Like there's the uh the Toyota Trooper. If anybody's listening and they google that, it's like this this crazy truck that they made for the military, that Toyota made for the military that's like a troop carrier. But it's a Land Cruiser, but it's just got like a long back end 
and it's kind of squared off so you can you can fit two benches in there to load 12 guys or <laughs> you know whatever whatever silly amount it is in the back but it just looks like oh man that'd be the coolest like camper you know you take that thing it's like um it's like the fj40 you see like the old ones that look like the the willie's jeep have you seen that one? Oh around? yeah yeah Mm-hmm. That and that was kind of like the uh, or one of the Jeep models that they well yeah Toyota's Japanese right and I don't yeah or of course yeah. they are but I don't know where else they they sold like their equipment to for like military use but it seemed like the FJ and the Land Cruiser line is used like with them as a military vehicle all over the world have you seen that like it's the I, like, I'm not really familiar with that no or not like a military vehicle but like like we have a Jeep. And then we have a tank, but we have the Jeep. Like they have, they have the Toyota. They have a Land Cruiser, okay. or like a, a Hilux, right. right? Like your old truck, your old pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that old pickup yeah, truck. The, the SR, yeah, the 1980s, man. It was the best, you're man. Talking about my old one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, That's but why it was. I won't get rid of it. I still have. It. <laughs> it's the coolest truck, but I remember <laughs> learning about like, or it was just weird when I found out like about americanizations where in america that's mm-hmm. called a pickup like that's that's a pickup truck but out of the country the truck is called a hilux had you seen that no. it's a, yeah the international version the international name for the pickup was the toyota hilux and it's like it's, okay. it's got that like emblem in it yeah so they'd sell these toyota pickup trucks like saudi arabia or like isis man like okay so yeah. I, like all the ice <laughs> like the footage from isis that's like why are they all in these like used toyotas busting across this section of syria it's because the military <laughs> had bought toyotas as hiluxes like new ones they're like it's just like a sweet tacoma or something you know it's just like rigged up yeah. to, to ride around out in the desert it's probably a great truck for it but that's and that's why we should beat isis is to get all of their sweet trucks <laughs> we, we need all their sweet <laughs> toyotas back <laughs> no that was They're a big that was like a gag in the news for a while because uh, like all the the footage from from whatever was going on would show these people but they were like next to these like old like old pickups like yours with with like with like a gun mounted mounted in the back like the yeah, warthog okay. from yeah, Halo. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you think about like all that, all that crazy stuff. But that, I think that was all like the the Hilux stuff that Toyota would sell. Like Forerunners out of the country, they're called Surfs. Really? Yeah. Way cooler name to kind of call a Forerunner, a Surf. I'm not gonna buy yeah, a I mean, Surf. Yeah, I mean the is kind of redundant. Like, I mean, no matter what you have, it's got. It's got four, <laughs> yeah, it's four like well, something. I mean, we expected it would it would have four wheels or it's a big <laughs> yeah. truck. I guess it should have four-wheel drive or whatever whatever it's insinuating but but yeah out, out of the country it was called the surf i've seen a few of them pass by like you'd see them out there you'd be driving around and people are real proud of it especially in the overland scene or that like that backwoods scene man people get oh, real yeah. proud of their their rigs that they have set up but um, but we saw one that was like this diesel surf that this guy had imported i don't know what the rules are on that either i, I... think yeah if it's i think if the if the guy's a u.s citizen i think it couldn't happen but i think if you're in canada you can you can have you can have one registered and then drive it into the united states i think that's where we see a lot of those vehicles well we need to make some buddies in canada eh? <laughs> if we need that man i need i need a diesel 90s forerunner i don't know like i need Good another for arm. commuting good for commuting <laughs> well have you seen like the the mitsubishi delica that's another Uh-oh. that's another sought after rig. Well, yeah it's blowing my mind here yeah the mitsubishi it's a it's another car that wasn't that wasn't built in the united states right but it's for 
well it's become really popular in like that van life uh that okay. van life culture where people you know like i pretty much like what we were doing in the camry six years ago but uh-huh. uh but <laughs> funding it relatively decently and they get like a van and like it's become really popular to get this mitsubishi delica they made it through the 80s it was sort of a competitor to the to the volkswagen line of vans that were out at that time that were kind of camping focused but this okay. one was cool the delica was cool because it was a diesel van but it was four-wheel drive it was like at this it was time when like mitsubishi was just making a bunch of four-wheel drive stuff probably like the colt vista that was yeah, I, that's exactly what was just coming through <laughs> my mind. If you don't know what a cult vista is, and you're listening to this podcast, go go look it up. And uh, that was that was your first car, Billy. Oh man, it was the best car. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best car. It was the worst car. But it was it really though. It was the worst car. <laughs> Dude, I bet if you had that now and just put a little bit of money into it, somebody, yeah, somebody would pick that up. Especially yeah, in the man. Portland area. If I put some, like, some studded tires on that and a roof rack. Oh, yeah. An LED bar. <laughs> you want to talk about an attractive rig. <laughs> yeah, oh an gosh. LED bar. Nice. <laughs> CB. <laughs> yeah, man. You remember that hatchback? It, it, you could fit 10 people in that car. Jeez. I think eight people. I think I, I did I, I don't think that's people. what they approved it for. <laughs> no, I swear it was. I think it was seven people. It was what it was like rated for? Seven, yeah. It was it was wow. three roses seats, Robert, in a compact. That's what soccer moms were driving around in 1983. Yeah, it was. It's nuts. Yeah, there was the front two seats, the back two seats that were like bucket seats too, and then behind that there was another bench seat for three. So you had one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, geez. seven, man. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Ah, oh, what a silly car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wasn't aesthetically great, but it was. Uh you know, economy friendly. That's, that's for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> that thing was so, oh, it was the worst car. Uh, but, so not, not an overland vehicle there, I guess you could say. And even still like, man, it was, it had like 14 inch tires. It was so, yeah. so you, you had no clearance to get over anything. What a goof. <laughs> hey, you made it, you made it happen with the Camry though. I, yeah, I did, man. And I was going to mention that too, because that, I had a couple experiences in the Camry. Mm-hmm. You've always had a truck. I guess outside of like the short time you had, you had a sedan for to commute and stuff. But you've always oh, yeah. had, uh, had like had a rig that could get some places, which I always appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I really noticed running into to a few limitations when I was in the Camry. I wanted to talk about those. It was great with the Camry because you you really benefit from the gas mileage, which man I would oh, take. Yeah. Because I mean, in most of a road trip, in some way, is like is highway miles. You know, you're out. You got to drive from here oh, to yeah. Wyoming. So you got to put a lot of distance in between you and where you're going. Yeah. And the and it, it, man, it works great having kind of a light, easy car to like just bomb out to somewhere that worked really well. Uh, mm-hmm. So I appreciated some of those parts, but man, we ran into a few spots where we just couldn't get through. And the, one of the, the most upsetting ones to me was uh, the sailing stones. Have you heard of those before? Is that in Utah? It's in, it's in the Southwest. It's, it's near death Valley in California. Okay. Yeah. I guess. And the Sailing Stones is a really cool spot. It was in Death Valley. It's, it's like I, it's in the park area, but the park area is just so immense. It's, but it's it's all desolate, almost nothing out there, you know. But mm. you take this road; it cuts back for a really long way. And man, we were on that gravel road forever going back there. You have to go. It's it's the kind of deep wilderness you would almost call it, but it's like deep and desolate country out there. It's yeah. sort of well traveled because there's there's people kind of moving in and out of the the park system. But we were traveling there in December, I think. Uh, you know, when we were moving, moving that direction 
mm-hmm. um, like early December of 2012, I think is when we were there. And when we were we were driving up just just on the gravel road as it was, it said it was a it was a, a gravel road the whole way there. And this part of it, it just kind of went up a little bit of a grade, you know, just the hill, uh-huh. the, the slope of the of the road just kind of went up maybe 12, 15 feet or so and then kind of rounded off, leveled off and then kept going. It seemed like almost nothing at all. But my car was near, like, like high centering on it, basically. Like you could feel like <laughs> you could feel like the body like start scraping because the roll off of it was like, it was just it was just yeah. steeper than than my car, like the angle of the car and the clearance I had could handle it. And I like I couldn't get there, and I'd wanted to go there all my life. Oh, I was so frustrated. <laughs> and we were like two miles or so. It was like two three miles or something. Like, well, we didn't know that because you're like in backwood stuff, and it's like. Like I'm not gonna uh-huh. park there and hike it or something. It <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and then somebody else rolls up in a vehicle that can handle it. And they're like, "Why is there this Camry parked in the middle of the road?" There was a there was like a uh, a group of kids of like teenagers on little dirt bikes, like little two hundreds, and they were just like bouncing. They just zoomed right past us, <laughs> kept going, but they just, they sat like a little a little bike and they cruised right over it. It was nothing, man. Yeah, it's it was not. It was you would. It would be totally everything could get over that except for my car. Except the camera. <laughs> so yeah, no overland that day is what it, is what it was. But that story really is what ended up inspiring me to sell that Camry that winter, and then like come back in and and get a Forerunner. Like when I got that that '89 Forerunner that I that I had that was a while. good that was a good truck. I like that rig. It was a good truck. I bet it was a better truck earlier. But man, it was a great truck for me, and I really had a great time doing stuff with it. It was super fun. Like yeah, and doing more camping stuff, and that was really cool. But that that was the first time that I had like that truck clearance, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just like a whole new world of opportunities are opened up to you when you when you have that clearance. It's like okay, and you got four wheel drive, so you can get a little more daring with where you're going. And uh, even with that, though, I found that uh, now with my current truck, I don't have the winch on it yet, oh, and um, and even that kind of uh, dictates to what i will and will not do um up in the hills especially if there's not another rig with me sure yeah um i i really enjoyed having that uh that kind of that lifeline and that security i guess of having that winch that uh i could get out of trouble if i really got myself into it and, i think uh, it's pretty interesting yeah I, i've never had a have a had a rig with a winch on it but i really like that that you always did that was cool i i don't think we've ever used it together when we were out Oh, I've used it on Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah. Pull him <laughs> out of that sandbank. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, doing a rafting I, no, trip. I used it on myself Camry. a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you just get into a rough spot. You've got a tree or something. You can tether off of it and get yourself out of it. But I think that's pretty cool. I remember you telling me a little bit about that in the past, and it seems like it'd be pretty necessary if you wanted to do something more serious or more long-term if you're doing like an overland trip or, or if you're doing some some truck stuff yeah. or some four by four stuff well that's the thing i'm not a big like uh you know off-roader it's you know yeah, but, I'm not uh, but it's well i mean off-road in the sense of like let's go mud and rock climbing right you know? yeah i'm not yeah. i'm not that but i do like trying to get into places where typically the you know the road kind of ends or you know or somebody hasn't been back there in 30 years and there's still roadway going I think it's I really to cool. Explore it. Yeah, I really yeah. like that part of it. I really like getting to to those different areas, and and you you really get to to get through so much more land, you know, that way. It's, I I found it to be really cool. 
You do, especially Oregon in the wintertime. Uh, you know, this area gets so much rain and stuff. It's hard to, like, you know, when you're out there in the winter, you're, you get to the end of the road, and you're like, oh, I don't really want to backpack this in, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't want to backpack it in. I want to stay in the rig as long as I can. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. that's definitely that's a huge part of it for me, too. And let's see, I was trying to think yeah. about, well, yeah, you should tell me about tell me about your pickup truck, your first one that you got in high school. Did you? That was like an eighty with a straight axle, right? It was a nineteen eighty straight axle Toyota four x four, long bed, and that was a great truck. It still is a great truck. It's currently sitting under a canopy right now and hasn't run in three or four years. But um, no, I love that truck, man. I drove that from the time I was fifteen until, uh, well. Four years ago yeah man that was a uh, that was a blast that was that was the coolest truck yeah no i have uh always loved that truck and that truck would go anywhere i mean the the really the only reason i i got out of it was just i needed something more reliable um yeah in fact its last trip was the trip that amber and i took down to joshua tree and i put like uh you know almost like four thousand miles on it no way and, i remember that trip that was yeah. that was pretty cool man yeah, and uh, so that was a great trip to take it out on. Um, the harsh reality was, you know, at the time, gas in California was around five dollars a gallon. It was yeah, insane. Uh, I was getting about twelve miles to the gallon, <laughs> and uh, you know that was rough. You know, it didn't have AC. Uh, you know, that's just little stuff. Like I mean, people have been getting along without it forever, but no, it makes um, a big difference. So I've learned it a little bit too. I mean, like, like what we both learned a little bit in this last year, of like having a newer truck, it just solves a lot of those stresses about transportation, man. Well, it does. And that's the thing is when you're committing to a trip like that, you need to know that your rig's going to be reliable. It's been a you huge know? part for me you, too. You need to know it's going to start back up when you're ready to go. And you're not, <laughs> you're not yeah. 2,000 miles away from home. Going, Did I kill the battery? Okay, now I got to oh, tow no. my truck or something, yeah. you know? And the battery is not the problem. Oh, no, it's yeah. Just like, it's just like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, my transmission went out. Or like, uh, that part of it really just, sucked. you know, I blew a head gasket or something. You know, like, I mean, that truck, when I took it, it had over 400,000 miles on it. And, wow. and so you're just going, uh, boy, this is fun. But really, I just need to make sure I get it home. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was, yeah. that's what it came down to. Yeah, I feel like sometimes so. it's like driving a classic car around. You know, it yeah. just doesn't run as well. It's maybe about as old. As, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, so, yeah. And then I, 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 I got out from that and I, uh, I bought myself a little 93, I guess it was, SR5 Toyota V6 pickup with little extended cab. I liked having the extra room. And that was a great little pickup, too. Um, it had that nice canopy with the roof racks on it. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I like that canopy. It's sad to see it go. Yeah, it was too bad. Uh, I thought it was it's too soon, you know. But too soon. But I understand too. <laughs> I think it's but, uh, I think it's good to move on, or you know, it's good to you know, use it, use oh, what yeah. you can, and then yeah. I see it around town every now and then. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and so since I've gotten into a full size truck, which I, I I just wonder why I didn't do so much earlier. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, just having the room. Uh, the reliability, uh, you know, just all the difference in the world. Yeah, I think so too. I was in your truck, like when we were on when we were on that last trip in East yeah, Oregon, we did and a it was podcast great. out of it. Yeah, super clean. Like I, I dig being in there. It was cool. 
yeah, it's uh, it's far more comfortable than it used to be. You know, cramming into the little single cab and yeah, having right. a manual transmission and trying to <laughs> get around. <laughs> I remember that first trip we did in your and your old tra- your your uh, your eighty yeah. pickup when we were what sixteen and we were going to camp yeah. up at Union Creek. Yeah. Uh, what is like? What is that? Up in, I guess it's Central Oregon. I don't know. What do you call that? Uh, <laughs> that I don't know what you would call that. It's Crater, Crater Lake, Lake area. Yeah. It's not really Central. Like National Forest, almost. Ro- yeah, it's Rogue River National Forest because it's the Rogue that runs yeah. through that. That's it is. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it's uh that that area up there. Man, that was such a cool trip. But I had a great time. But man, I, like you're saying that we just. There was like the three of us, right? <laughs> yeah, just packed in tight. Yeah, and I was the one that had to ride bitch in the center. As <laughs> you throw into third gear and then, was it four gears? Three gears? Uh, Yeah, it was four. I ended up putting the five-speed transmission in that. I remember but, that at the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just that four-speed. You know, you get it out on, it was great in town and stuff. Then you get it onto the freeway and you're just tacked out at like 65, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and just... You know, semis are trying to pass you and yeah, all hey, that stuff. Sorry. <laughs> Not built to go that fast, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a sweet track, though, man. I really had a good time in that. But I, I remember that back in high school. It was fun, like, making that road trip up to, to go camp and throwing everything in the back. Oh, and then yeah. everybody's just cramming, cramming into the bench seat there. <laughs> it's just how it used to work, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, a, little, a little more luxurious now with the, with the space, I suppose. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it if you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. Pretty lousy. Now I, I understand so much more about what good glass does to change the quality of the image. Like when you're getting those kind of I don't know, foggy images or hazy or dim images, I'm really seeing what, how that really affects, like cheap cheap lenses that's the thing that really affected my photography for the longest time for the first five years or so it was really just me trying to combat how difficult it was to shoot with the the cheapest 18 to 55 millimeter uh three point f 3.5 to f 5.6 lens that they had it was just all plastic the bracket on the back was all plastic and i think like even the lens elements themselves built into it were plastic and you could kind of see it it just never would really get crisp it would never be super sharp and it was just kind of this plastic warping that would that would cause that i picked up a couple other lenses over time too like i had this tamron lens that uh, that was used that i'm sure had been dropped a few times but it just never would come in sharp it would always be like out of focus even though you know it was it acted like it was focusing it would always just come out soft and so now i understand like oh that's what they mean when they say this is a soft lens so i don't know just things that you learn over time but uh, but i'm really happy to be working with kind of the setup that i have right now and i'm sure i'll kind of change some stuff out over time too i i, I think i still 
though it's been really interesting kind of moving system to system to system, you know, from Nikon to Sony and then uh, over to Canon, I've, I've kind of learned a whole bunch of different button layouts of how, how to use a camera, you know, how the, the camera works and all the different features and stuff that are associated with it. Though as, as I think about it, I was probably always, and maybe am still the most comfortable with the layout and the system uh, and the ergonomics of the Nikon camera system. I've, I've really always liked that a lot, but I've definitely gotten very used to it after shooting like a ton of these, uh, a ton of these portraits and family sessions and uh, wedding sessions. Uh, it's kind of become way more natural for me to, to kind of, you know, oh, I got I to put this in manual. I got to roll this over here. I got to change my, my ISO to this. So I kind of, I know how to like hammer out these little maneuvers now that uh, are those muscle memory pieces that are really maybe one of the hardest things to, to learn when you're changing your gear system from say one brand to the next brand of camera manufacturer. So all that's been kind of interesting and uh, it's been my, uh, my journey into the Canon camera world. So I hope you guys had a nice time listening to me uh, go on about uh, some different lenses and different Canon camera opportunities that are out there, but I was impressed. Yeah. Check out your used market. If you're interested in trying to pick some stuff up, Uh, there's, there's really some inexpensive uh, items out there where you can get, pretty quality images. I, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a student or you're just starting out or you're, you're trying to get into photography, there's really a lot of opportunity to pick up some interesting Canon equipment for pretty low prices. If you're checking out your used market and if you're higher end and you're trying to get into stuff, new stuff is great that the, the 5d Mark four that I've gotten to use a bit is fantastic. It's really cool. I don't think it's going to change my photography, so I'm not going to try and upgrade it from my 5D Mark III right now. But there's a lot of things it does. There's also a lot of things that are super interesting about that 1DX that, you know, like that's a, the big one. It looks like the sports photographer's camera. It's the one that's got that big battery pack base to it where it's, you know, you can, you can roll it to the portrait mode and then you got that second shutter button there. looks like you put a battery grip on your camera, but it's built into it, right? So it's all cool stuff. But for right now, I think I'm super happy with it. Until, until, you know, I don't know, a year from now, six months from now, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I switched over again. I got a Leica. That'd be fun, right? (laughs) Well, thanks a lot for listening. I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. We'll check in again soon. Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there, some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other other outbound sources, some, some links to books, some links to some podcasts, links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at BillyNewmanAphoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.